found it. This is the Tidbits Podcast with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. It is a Monday edition of Tidbits, the 12th day of the month of June. And a big good morning to Matthew Paul. Why, good morning, Dale. Good to see you. Good to see you. Weekend's complete. Yeah. Boy, the temperature's way down. Yeah. Very comfortable. Not too bad. It's only... 60 yesterday is high of just 68 yeah pretty much the same today the clouds should give way to sunshine just to let the folks out there know as we progress 53 right now and uh we got some rain more rain in the forecast we need a little rain we need it yeah over the uh weekend of course the state championship game involving the cast and lady comets they Mm -hmm. Lost six nothing to Tecumseh. Tecumseh back to back state championships for them. Uh, it's one of those teams that's just been really good on a tear. You know, you know. But uh, congrats to the Lady Comets. What a run, though, right? Yeah, I mean, to get there to man. the state championship. Quite a run for them, but uh, fell short six to nothing. This, you know, I've talked about diet Coca Cola, and uh, you know the effects of it. Seems like if you drink masks quantities you gain weight sure. seems like health experts warn that diet coke harms your body in just one hour seriously one hour dentists warn it can erode enamel and activate the body's fat storage mode see i'm not i've been on track i'm huh an orthodontist recommends sipping the beverage through a straw if you must consume it, and then drinking water afterwards. You're drinking that because you don't like water. <laughs> Isn't that right? I mean, you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, don't like water. Right? Yeah. He says the body's fat storage mode activates within 20 minutes of drinking pop because insulin production is triggered. Now, okay, is this just for Diet Coke? Is this for well, all diet drinks? Well, I mean, it? it just says Diet Coke in the yeah, story. That's right. What about the Coke Zero? Well, that's different. What about it? It's different. You know, I'm, is it? Is, <laughs> or is it just a different uh, ploy to sell it? I don't know. He says just forty minutes after you're taking your first sip of Diet Coke, the experts claim the drink, which contains forty-six milligrams of caffeine in a twelve-ounce can, triggers a short addictive high. At sixty minutes, the caffeine can increase thirst. Making you want more yeah. delicious Diet Coke. And that's probably why there's mass consumptions. I don't know. It's just, why is it out there? Okay. Why is it on the market if it's so if it's so bad? How'd the FDA approve it? I don't know. If, if it's really that bad, I just don't see how it it's being available to the public. And it's consumed quite a bit. Quite a bit. Diet Coke, like other carbonated beverages, is highly acidic, Okay, says this doctor. I'm not going to try and say his name. Okay, all right. Um, the carbonation process involves the addition of carbonic acid, which gives the drinks its characteristic fuzz. Mm-hmm. I, fizz. Like, I like that. And then the acidity of Diet Coke can contribute to both enamel erosion, oh, to tooth erosion yeah. over time. Yeah, I... I'm telling this, um, I'm going to reveal any names, but I know a, uh, an individual 
that their uh, their daughter was still on a bottle, mm-hmm. and uh, mom allowed her to drink like Coke through the bottle, and the the child's teeth as soon as they came in were rotten. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, yeah. Good thing it wasn't her, you know, her new ones. But uh, I mean, it was you know terrible results. I, you right, know, and, you know. and you, I've heard. I've heard stories of people that have relatives in the South putting sweet tea in bottles. Yeah. It's and just, it just wrecks the kids' yeah. teeth. And, you know, again, the kid's not going to not want it. Yeah. But um, here's a, uh, this is a very important story here, I think. A New Mexico man lost his wife a few months ago. And it's a sad story. Okay. He believes she's visiting him now as a peacock. <laughs> Sorry, what? A peacock. And you know how they make noises. We've had it before. Matt's going to rig up the peacock sounds. But uh, the man has lived in his neighborhood for 25 years. Never seen a peacock. One day, he opened up his front door and a peacock was sitting on the, the wall and has visited several times since then. He admitted it sounds crazy, but... He said one of the last conversations he and the missus had was that she wanted to come back to Earth as a peacock because she loves their feathers. Here we go. Lovey, is that you? Is that you, Lovey? Oh. Hey, babe. Come give me some kisses. Oh. And, and when they really get going... They, uh, it sounds like they're, they're screaming mad. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's weird. Come on, lovey, speak. <laughs> it almost sounds like they're saying help. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you hear it from a distance. <laughs> <sighs> so this guy's holding conversations on his porch with lovey. Mm-hmm. He has several photos and videos on his phone, but his neighbor said <laughs> they haven't seen the bird. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so the neighbors are like, yeah, we, <laughs> we have no idea what this guy's talking about. He's been asking around if someone has reported a lost peacock, but so far no one has. So, um You know, and again, the neighbors may think he's just lost it since the missus passed. But uh, a peacock. Now, is he in the city? Okay. It's like, it says neighborhood, so he must be. You know, it's like here in Logansport, we're not seeing peacocks on the street. <laughs> you know? It says Albuquerque. Okay. So, an Albuquerque man believes, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I've ha- I've had some fancy-looking chickens come visit. <laughs> okay. okay. I think they've escaped, you know, back in the day when, sure. you know. Sure. And they're really different-looking chickens. Yeah. I think one may have been a wedding gift, <laughs> you know, where I where I found it, and it uh, it flew the coop, so to speak. Mm. It was sent to live out in the rural area. But, uh, you know, got to continue with a life anyway. Right. It's 632. More tidbits coming right up. This is Tidbits. (laughs) 
By the way, that uh, information pertaining to the Miami County 4-H Fair is not accurate. We, uh, <laughs> we That was for all for last year, yeah, so we, we, disregard all of what you just heard we'll about. We'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be there. Broadcasting from Farmers and Merchants. That's uh, their location. We'll be with them broadcasting from the fair. And chances to win passes to Indiana Beach. So there's your update as to what you can win. I hope I got that correct. Right. This um, from Los Angeles, a woman going viral after returning a two-year-old mattress to Costco (laughs) and being given a $200 Uh, credit towards a new one. Seriously. The woman and her partner took the mattress to Costco's warehouse themselves after learning how lenient their return policy is. She documented the trip on TikTok, first recording her boyfriend struggling to get the mattress out of their vehicle and into a shopping cart. Now, that's just a... Come on. Don't help. Okay. Let's let's film him struggling. After (laughs) patiently waiting in line, an employee told them they could return the mattress as long as it was staying free, but they had to put it in a plastic bag. So the couple went back outside to put a bag over the mattress before completing the return. Video ended with a woman's boyfriend holding up a $200 gift card towards the purchase of a new bed. So I guess they didn't have it all stained so up. So what's their return policy? I mean, I, how, how I long do you have to return something? I don't know. Very lenient, they say. I guess so. So that's, um, I don't know. Good uh, good deal if you want to go through the struggles, what right. they did, but uh, at least it earned them a $200 credit. Here's a tree-cutting crew in Deltona, Florida, threatened with a weapon. <laughs> the owner of Tree Timber, good name, said one woman told him, you drop one more branch from that tree and I'll drop you. <laughs> Jeez. He said the woman was literally holding a shotgun. He said she continued to complain about sawdust getting in her yard. (laughs) When law enforcement arrived on the scene, he decided not to press charges, but he added that things like this happen way too often. So these guys go through this all the time. I'm sure they do. That's a... You drop one more, I'll drop Gosh. I just envision like somebody that looks like Granny... In a house coat, Granny slippers. Clamp it. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's another familiar, you know, Absolutely. very new That's... series. <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> you know, you can remember Granny, and uh, that's probably how she looks. You drop one more branch from that tree, and I'll drop you. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> Matt. Uh... I just. The things that people go through anymore, just trying to do their, just trying to do their job. Yeah. You know, so here's bad news for us because uh, we have learned of alien technology being used to help us form some weapons. <laughs> That's true. We did here's the that. bad news now that Virginia, actually Virginia, here in the U.S. state, uh, United States, is the best prepared to deal with an E.T. invasion. Really? So... Now, West Virginia, of course, is the saddest place on earth. It is. According to all the info we've got. But Virginia. But regular Virginia, (laughs) good to go. They're safe. Yeah. The uh, research comes from 
uh, a place which examined a series of factors, including population density, number of UFO sightings, mm. landscape, including caves, forests, bodies of water, and uh, defense per capita military of law enforcement. Of course, they're real close to you know Washington, D.C. Right. To uh, come up with the survivability score for every state. They earned an 8.04 out of a 10 survivability score and was deemed safest from flying saucers <laughs> because it has a large military force per capita. Now, if Wouldn't you that make it a bigger target? You would think. Wouldn't that just make it a bigger gonna like, hover, giant gonna hover. bullseye? Yeah. Let's hear the laser beams. <laughs> <laughs> because everything looks like a 1950s UFO movie. You know, one of those B-grade Ds, D movies or whatever. (laughs) You can see it actually on a string. Yes. Yes, you can. (laughs) Now, if you want to gamble with your life during a UFO attack, (laughs) you want to move to Nevada, which has the lowest survivability score at 4.53 out of 10. That state's plagued with a high volume of UFO sightings, a lack of caves, (laughs) <laughs> and forest to hide in. What do caves have to do with it? You're getting in there. Are you going to scramble and go live in, in a there. cave? They, they can't find you in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, to the caves. Or in the forest, they can't find you. By the way, if you're curious, <laughs> Indiana ranked 29th on this. Okay, out of 50? 29th out of 50. So, uh, probably due to our lack of caves and, uh, here in the Hoosier State. And they say Nevada is bad because uh, it's got a low number of food and beverage manufacturing companies. See, around here, we could uh, we could chew on pig ears to survive. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Just, of course, we'd give ourselves away. You'd hear it crunching like your dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there you are. You're surviving on a pig ear out in the woods. <laughs> Do you (laughs) if we're invaded and we're just overrun with them? Yeah. Do you really want to live? We're toast. I mean, we're just we're toast, right? You just want to survive like that, you know, out in the woods for the rest of your life. I mean, you want to be a feral person, (laughs) eating grubs, pig ears, right? Is that what you want? So anyway, we're about in the middle. We'll just uh, we're a little less than the middle. But we have lots of forests, and we can hide in cornrows, you know, during the right time of the year. And you just hide in there. Yeah. Here's a kid, kind of reminds me of me. He's 14 from California. <laughs> so much just we can hide in corn mazes. <laughs> they can't find us. They, they don't. Find have, you know, they have all this technology, <laughs> but they're lost in a corn maze. <laughs> we just came this way. <laughs> It's another dead end. (laughs) (laughs) Who thinks this stuff up? Okay. It's like survivability in case that, you know, who who really cares? If if we've got that going on, they want to destroy us. Just give up. (laughs) This kid from California will be the youngest graduate from Santa Clara University when he gets his diploma this week. He'll be graduating on the 17th with a degree in computer science and engineering. Listen to this. His next step, and again, he's 14, 
starting a gig at SpaceX next month as a software engineer. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> How do you get that smart? What happens? It's got to be in your Gosh, parents' genes or something, something somewhere, isn't it? Is it? Did we get any of these? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I mean, uh, what happened to us? I mean, we had the ability. We just didn't put forth a lot of effort. I but, don't know, man. I think... It, now, here's the deal. Some kids are just wired different. Like, they just are, you know? The parents of this kid said he started speaking in full sentences at two. By the time he was nine, he was already taking classes at a community college before transferring to SCU at the age of 11. 11 years old, he's going to college. <laughs> it's like young Sheldon. Right? <laughs> and we know they're out there. You know, there's a lot of... I just don't know how that happens. Look at you. You've produced it. You know, your daughter's really smart. She took after your wife. Yeah. Fortunately. Yeah, good for her. <laughs> it's just... How do you end up, you know... It's like young Sheldon. His parents are nothing phenomenal. They're not, you know. Right. I don't know. But uh, it's just amazing that these kids can do that. Remember the guy that went underwater for 100 days? He spent uh, 100 days underwater. He came out Friday. <laughs> he resurfaced. He stayed in the world's only underwater hotel, Jules Underwater Lodge, mm -hmm. located about 30 feet below the water in Key Largo. He teaches hyperbaric medicine and was working on projects that include PTSD as well as studying how the human body functions when it's isolated, confined in an extreme environment. A hundred days is a long time down there. Yeah, it is. During the time underwater, a t team of 12 doctors tested his brain waves, oxygen saturation, heart rate, blood pressure, ear pressure, urine. And muscle measuring. Sounds like you're an alien. Okay. They're probing the guy. They found he shrunk half an inch. His REM sleep increased by 20 to 26%, so he slept better. His cholesterol dropped 72 points. And his inflammatory markers decreased 30%. Wow. So the only bad effect of being under there, he lost a half inch in his height. Plans to share more of his research at the World Extreme Medical Conference in Scotland. <laughs> the, the World Extreme World Extreme Medical <laughs> Conference this year in Scotland. <laughs> Be there. The amazing doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Underwater 100 days. <laughs> you'll buy the whole seat, but you only need the edge. We'll see you at the World Extreme Medical Conference. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Book your tickets online. Come on. What? <laughs> the World Extreme Medical Conference. Yeah. That's never, never heard of such a thing. We come up with such, you know, we've heard arrest terms we've never heard of, you know, you know, infractions that we've never heard of before. Here's a routine traffic stop. This uh, proved to be a lucky break for a South Carolina woman who was allegedly kidnapped and forced to drive at gunpoint by a guy wanted for murder. Wow. The North Myrtle Beach Police Department said an officer pulled over the woman 
when she blew a red light. The officer noticed the driver appeared to be in distress. While the male passenger wasn't looking at the driver, the female silently mouthed, Help me, repeatedly. Then the officer put the passenger in the back seat of, of the uh, squad car, and uh, in order to separate the two, the driver revealed that the passenger had just shot someone. Wow. County police arrived and arrested the passenger. He's now being held on five charges of attempted murder, kidnapping, unlawful possession of a weapon, illegal possession of firearms and ammunition, and possession of a weapon during a violent crime. I don't see... uh, Yeah, there it is, kidnapping. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a break, really, that... uh, yeah. Who knows what would happen if they hadn't flew through there and the police officer had seen it. Do you think she did that on purpose? Why wouldn't the passenger say, hey, you know, you know, yeah, you know they are in the movies. You know, watch it. Don't pull anything funny. Okay. No funny business. See? <laughs> <laughs> Drive normally, you. <laughs> in, in the 1932 cruiser. <laughs> Slow it down, see? <laughs> so you're trying to attack the cops, eh? I've watched it. All in the movies through the years. <laughs> and finally. Uh, what a deal, though. It says Americans are tipping less than, uh, less often for a variety of services. Here okay. we go. The new data from Bankrate also shows that two-thirds have a negative view about tipping, including 41% saying that they feel like business should pay their employees better than them relying so much on tips. More than 30% of people are feeling annoyed about pre-entered tip screens. I, mm-hmm. I do. I don't like it. I feel, okay, here's, here's where I'm at. All right, here okay. we go. The other day. <laughs> the old man rants. Here we go with segment two. The other day, I bought lunch <laughs> for me, my son, yeah. and his friend. Okay. It was $43. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. And as I'm paying, the screen pops up. Would you like to leave a tip? You've not even been done anything. And it's like, I just paid $43. And this is a fast food. Like, it's nothing. So it is fast food. It's not like okay. a sit-down, right. nice meal. Like And they're asking for a, a, $43. A, and then they want a tip. tip on top of that. No kidding. But stupid me. Oh, my. I'm like. Well, you're a nice fellow. I am a nice fellow. And I feel like I don't want you to look at me and say, wow, that guy's a jerk. He didn't See, even tip us. That's you know? it. The pressure. And that's what happens. So of course, yeah, fifteen percent, and then the my wife. Pre- oh, the pressure. My wife comes back and says, "Why do we have forty-seven dollars at this place?" Well, because that's what it cost, and I tipped. Oh, the pressure, right? It is. I don't know. It it says um, the tip screens, sharing that the present tipping culture has gotten out of control. Sixteen percent said they'd be willing to pay higher prices. No, if they could do away with tipping. No. At what point? Okay, so at what point? $43 for the three of us to eat. Yeah. At what point do you raise prices to pay them? I mean, come on, $43 for this. It's, that's that's exorbitant. I mean, that's no, just No, is it a is it a fast food place we're familiar with? Oh yeah. Okay. I cuz I've never been there with that tip stuff. I've never seen that. Is this relatively new at this place? I think so. Okay. Says so 15% are confused about who and how much to tip. Yeah. Bankrate senior industry analyst says, in his opinion, 
What's causing negative tipping views for the past year is the economy. It, it didn't help, I'll tell you that, mister. Right. The biggest change within the past year, at least, is that inflation is leaving people with less dough to go around. That and your prices are outrageous. Just listen to what Matthew paid. Right. A lot of people seem to feel like things cost enough already. <laughs> so they're not as likely to tip on top of it. I've got to agree. He also says the groundswell of appreciation for service industry workers that was evident early in the pandemic seems to have faded. You know how it was. Well, hey, you're hang in there, kid. Right. Right. <laughs> we'll get through this together. But to me, when you're at the register, you're paying and you're pretty much serving yourself. I'll just go with that. Mm-hmm. With the exception of one individual who's going to come take your plate. Okay? There's that one assigned individual. Right. And and, and that's before you ever do anything if mm-hmm. you want to tip. Yeah. As soon as you're paying. Yeah. Paying in now, I will. I will tell you this, that I there, there's also the, um, I don't know what to call this, but like, I feel better about tipping if it's a locally owned establishment. Yeah. Okay? So if it's... If it's a mom and pop place and the screen comes up, do you want to leave a tip? I feel better about that than I do at some national chain. Do you want to leave a tip? And it's like you could probably pay your people better, you know, <laughs> yeah, because you have you have the means to do it. Somebody sent this that a major uh, a major store automatically charges a four dollar tip for delivery unless you remove it. Hmm. And, uh, oh, here's a quote. What did you order? <laughs> well, <laughs> they had ribeye steak sandwiches and no golden-crusted French fries. It was... <laughs> I promise you, it was nothing... Okay, nothing. Resorbent. No, it was nothing... Nothing out of line. No. I know how it is. You know, things are much higher than they were. They truly are. Yeah. You know, if you are accustomed to paying X, it certainly isn't X anymore. Right. And uh, that's the case everywhere. Yeah, $43 before Wow, that's unbelievable. It's 6.54. I'll see you tomorrow, Matt. All right, see you. Okay, then. This has been Tidbits with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We appreciate you listening, and we ask that you consider subscribing, leave a comment, leave a like, and thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you again next time on Tidbits.